The commercialization of new transport technologies became an American strong suit in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. This was certainly the case for mass transit. New York, Chicago, Boston, and Philadelphia were the world's premier streetcar and subway markets of 1890 and 1901. By 1909, Paris had edged ahead of New York, and Glasgow had topped Philadelphia in streetcar and subway rides per capita. But the United States remained the nation with the largest number of cities with world class transit systems. In fact, Paris and London both turned to the United States for the proprietary technology needed for the initial electrification of their subway systems. U.S. leadership in streetcar use was attributable to its early success in developing a practical method for delivering electricity from overhead wires to a streetcar's onboard electric motors. It was also attributable to a franchise system that guaranteed streetcar companies monopoly operating rights and a fixed five cent fare. U.S. investors were eager to lock up monopoly operating rights because a fixed fare was perceived as a virtual guarantee of long term profitability in the deflationary economy of the 1880s and early 1890s. Thus, initial streetcar investment was much more aggressive in the United States than in Europe. In Europe, cities were more likely to insist on relatively short term franchises and an option for public buyout at the expiration of the initial franchise, which discouraged aggressive private investment of the sort that occurred in the United States. European cities were also more likely to insist on public ownership of their electric power systems, an ownership pattern that inclined many of the same cities to capitalize and operate their own streetcar service. As a synergistic local investment. In turn, public ownership typically led to conservative capitalization and relatively cautious expansion of service. In the United States, on the other hand, private ownership led to a rush to capture additional franchise rights and a period of speculative overinvestment that ultimately damaged the streetcar industry's credit. In turn, damaged credit and soured relations with local governments. Made it difficult for the streetcar companies to secure municipal cooperation when the streetcar companies came face to face with automotive competition. In the United States, the disinvestment that gradually eroded streetcar service began before World War I and accelerated during the war, leading to wholesale abandonment of streetcar service during the Depression and after World War II. In Europe, Delayed motorization combined with public ownership and the rationalization of transit service to build and then sustain transit ridership. The result was a sharp divergence in U.S. and European patronage trends. Transit experienced a significant decline in rides per capita in U.S. cities between 1909 and 1990, while gains were made in two of Europe's most prominent transit markets. Asked to explain these strikingly different metropolitan outcomes, the reflex reaction of many U.S. planners and urbanists is to point to the interstate highway program and attribute transit's loss of U.S. market share to the combined effect of unbalanced transportation policy and suburban sprawl. But this often proffered explanation tells only a selective and recent part of the story. The historical record indicates that U.S. transit's decline. Was a dynamic of much longer duration. It began with financial difficulties that predated World War I, 
and became acute in the context of virulent wartime inflation. These financial difficulties were further exacerbated by the early and explosive growth of U.S. auto ownership that followed World War I. Conversely, the diffusion of the automobile was delayed in Europe because of the destructive social and economic impacts of the two world wars.